So if we don't bring children up with a different level of emotional development, how on earth can we expect to transform the world? You don't change the world by inactivity. You actually do it by exactly the opposite. So you know, to have a birth strike to help the environment, there is a counterintuitive argument there to say, well, but what if we brought up the new children with such a level of enlightenment and understanding of the environment that they become our future ambassadors for changing the world? Hello, this is Dr. Rowe, and you're listening to the Growth Tribes podcast with Dr. Rowe and Harms. This is the podcast where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to develop and record these podcasts is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope, our genuine sincere hope, that by the end of each of these episodes, you'll have gained at least one insight that you can take away and apply directly into your own life. Practical tools, voices that come in from both generations, the younger generation with tips and tools and the older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience so that you can help unlock your true potential to give the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level and to give you a chance to impact both your lives and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. Welcome to the Growth Tribes podcast. Hi, it's Harms here, and I've got Ro with me for another episode of the Growth Tribes podcast. And this is a really cool one because we've got a bit of a twist today. And that twist is I'm currently in a quite a topical situation in my life, which is asking myself the question, am I ready to be a parent? So the, the topic of this episode is, are you ready to be a parent? And I brought Ro in for this particular podcast from a different perspective, almost from a coaching perspective, because like I said, uh, me and my beautiful wife are going through this process of asking ourselves this question. We want to be parents. Uh, we're thinking about children. Are we ready? Is it the right time? And these are the things that I want to focus on as part of this episode with Ro. And Ro, you've uh, got two beautiful daughters with your uh, beautiful partner. And I know that You've released a lot of videos recently into the public social media space on becoming a better parent, becoming a more conscious parent, and having spent time with you and your family. I know both you and your beautiful wife are very conscious when it comes to parenting. So uh, is this a good question? Is this the right question to be asking, Uh, especially now where millennials, and we'll dive into this, millennials are having a challenge with this. Let's let's start with that phrase and I can dive deeper as we go into the podcast. <laughs> I think it's a great time to be asking it. There's a lot of pressure, I think, on people your age at the moment. Uh, you know, you look at social media, people are off traveling and there's amazing photographs of youngsters. And I say youngsters, anyone from about sort of 20 to 35 years of age in that category, genuinely enjoying life. And at the same time, maybe still subject to that tidal wave of social pressure, which is, have you thought about having kids? When are you going to have kids? You're now married. Of course, the next thing is, when are the kids coming? It's almost a standard question. It used to be certainly when I grew up. So I think you've raised a good subject. One of the reasons I'm doing more posts on it at the moment is because as I'm out in front of different audiences, I'm definitely seeing parents who are And this is another podcast, by the way, for us, parents wrestling with how to be a better parent 
But then the flip side to that, there's the younger generation, your generation saying, am I ready to be a better parent? You know, when is the perfect time? What about you, Dr. Rowe? When did you decide? And I went through all of this. And my uh, my lovely fiance, we're not married yet. And that's another subject, actually, is, you know, should I be married before we have kids? And there's a there's almost a social pressure that people feel they have to. We've got two children and we're not married. So I think all these things come to bear. And I think you've handled it really well. We've had conversations over dinner, I think, as well yeah. on this subject. So great topic. If you're open to me asking you some searching questions, which I'll be asking you, but also hopefully the listeners can be listening as though they're being coached and maybe even taking some notes because I went through this whole subject myself and uh, for many, many years, actually going backwards and forwards. Should I, shouldn't I, shouldn't I, shouldn't I? That's fantastic. Okay. So uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, before I think, before we kick off, I think it's important to have a little disclaimer here, which is for brand new parents, current parents listening, do not treat this as, oh my goodness, I didn't do any of these things or <laughs> I didn't do any of these things at all. Uh, because remember, with the intention with the Growth Tribes podcast is to grow, is to be the best version of yourself yeah. uh, and be around the people who will bring that growth out in you. And the, and the Growth Tribes podcast, spending time with me and Ro, uh, is the start of that journey for you. So I think treat this as an experiential opportunity, opportunity in order to reflect uh, on what you did or what you didn't do in the past, what you did fantastic I uh, said, oh, okay, actually I did that. That was great. Or maybe I didn't do that. I can do that going forward. So remember, this is a no judgment space. Uh, so you don't have to beat yourself up. And the example I want to use, Ro, is I know on your property fundamental weekends, uh, sometimes, you know, we spend a day uh, after day one, somebody's beating themselves up for buying a bad investment property before yeah. they stepped into the room uh, and actually learned how to do it. And then you'll show them how to run the numbers accurately, how to analyze a good investment. And they're beating themselves up. We say, hey, don't worry, draw this as a line in the sand. There's no judgment here because you just didn't know. So uh, I think treat it from that perspective. I think the other thing as well is if you're listening to this on your own and you are genuinely in a place where you're thinking about or have been considering having kids for a while, absolutely get your partner to listen to this because it might be that you're feeling some sort of anxiety or frustration towards your partner and you may get some insights from this. But equally, it might be the other way around that they're feeling frustrated towards you. And something that we say during the course of this uh, conversation, during the podcast, that your partner might listen to and, and get a better understanding of what you've been trying to get across as well. So use it as a chance to share as well, particularly as this is a decision that has to be made by both people. It can't be one person sort of bullying through and pushing through. We've got to have kids now. We've got to have kids there. And that can happen as well. Harmed. One person could be so strongly influential in the relationship to the point where it can almost be a threat. One of, you know, for example, it could be the guy who's possibly older in this case. I mean, I certainly am older than my partner. But if, if you're an older male in the relationship and you want kids and you're thinking, I've got to get have them now. And that that un, that unconscious emotional pressure could put pressure on your partner who, could, who may be younger in that example. So I think this is a great chance to step back, be reflective. And as you've just said there, Harms, not be judgmental, but be insightful, be aware, raise your awareness, turn frustration into fascination, turn any anger that you might have into awareness so you can go through some form of transformation, total transformation if you get it right during this, during this process. Uh, you used a word there, which is pressure. And I think that's a great way for me to link to where, <laughs> where I want to start with this, actually. Before before you fire some questions at me, uh, I thought it would be a, a good opportunity to almost 
discuss around the topic. So I've done a bit of research on this prior. I, I looked look at some uh, surveys that have happened uh, both in Europe and the US. Yeah. About around the topic of you know, uh, you know, if you just ask me what why are, why is Harms's generation the millennials having children later or in most cases at the moment not at all. So let me give you a statistic to start with, Ro, which is, and I'm going to read this off of my notes here, which is birth rate amongst women in their 20s has dropped 15% between 2007 and 2012. So based on statistics prior to that. Wow. And in 2016, uh, recorded a record low fertility, and that was estimated to be around 62 births per 1,000 women. Uh, and when I actually look at this, that's, a, that's the raw statistic. That's that's basically data that's been found. And actually, when I look at my core friends and I look at their friends and friends of friends, uh, and bear in mind, I'm at 30 at the, at the time of recording this podcast, I'm 30 years old. And actually, there's not that many babies floating around. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. <laughs> Only a millennial could say that. <laughs> um, that's a big drop, actually. Uh, the fertility conversation is without a doubt almost a topic for a different day. And that's a massive pressure. I, I don't even know now. I can't even count how many people I've spoken to. Either I know or have certainly met during my journey over the last few years as a speaker who have themselves been, uh, for want of a better word, struggling to 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 be able to get to a point where, you know, there's a pregnancy and the baby's on its way. There's there's definitely been a frustration. Of course, the, the emotional pressure triggers a, by a, a biological reaction in the body and even, for example, my auntie, many, many years ago, I think it was like 10 or 11 years they tried for a baby. When she finally just relaxed and said, OK, we're not going to have a baby. Obviously, that's that was our destiny. She then went and conceived and, and uh, had two children. So, um, yeah, that's a very interesting 15 percent as well drop in uh, in birth rates amongst women in their 20s. So what would you say, you know, especially because that's really focused around millennials. So why are millennials yes. not having ch children? Why are they having them later? So what from your generational experience, just observing our generation, uh, and I've got a few points here, but I'm curious to see what you have to say first, which is wh why do you think that is? Why do you think our generation are, are having children later? I, well, I think there's a lot of uncertainty about relationships at the moment. Uh, there's a lot more choice. <laughs> you might not. <laughs> I, you know, I, I walk, I, I, social media is incredible. There's, it's such a, and it is really a crazy opportunist way to meet someone else. And I look at it and think, you know, had I been 30 years younger, I would probably have met five to 10, maybe five to 10 times more possible partners, uh, not sexual partners necessarily, but just people that have got a similar set of values i mean look at how now people can communicate so openly online you dating can very, apps as well yeah dating apps so you can filter down back in my day the concept of a dating app didn't even exist you you went out you went to a nightclub or you joined a, a university we had the africa caribbean society the asian society there were <laughs> people that like to dance people like says you know r&b um, society so we had all these different groups and you kind of hang out there but that was only in the the ecosystem of that university. And I'm using your term ecosystem. That's not one I would have come up with. That's a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> but but that was a very small ecosystem. Now you've got a global freaking ecosystem. It's amazing. So I think that has made people uh, hesitate towards maybe committing to a partner, added to which because there's so much choice, 
if a relationship's not going quite as well as they want it to go, you know what? Oh, oh sorry. I'll just drop this person, and go find somebody else, which I don't think is a good thing necessarily. So there's two, two major things happening. Plus on top of that harms, careers are changing. There isn't the same dynamic where in my day, typically the male would go out, get the education. So would women, but then you got together and pretty much the man would work hard towards the career and the woman would traditionally have been told, you know, have babies, look after the kids, which I think is the most important role in that dynamic. But it was traditional. Whereas now people are saying, you know what, sod that. I don't need to do that. We can stay. We can wait later. We can get married later. So that lack of commitment has led to, I think, people not necessarily committing to having kids as well. I don't know if you agree with that, but that's my sort of overall observation. Yeah, that makes sense. And with the career thing, it's like, uh, you know, the female in, in the relationship or even the male, depending on what, how the dynamic is, is uh, the choice to pursue a career uh, does, no longer has to be, I'm going to choose either between my family or career. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm going to choose my career now because I guess the system that you almost, your generation almost grew up in was, was not necessarily focused on fulfillment and purpose. It was more about the paycheck. So one person had to go out there, uh, you know, follow the system and work for a paycheck in order to keep the security on the house, the bills paid, etc. Whereas now my generation is seeking slightly, slightly something different from a career and almost life, which is, you know, I'm going out after university. I want fulfillment. I want a sense of purpose when I walk into the workplace. No, they're just not. Uh, they're just not settling for just a paycheck, uh, which is why we often see people come to you know uh, your events, you know, uh, communicating with impact turning point in the past, total transformation and things like this. They're looking for a total transformation. Uh, is that, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. In fact, in my day, it was, and as you were saying it, I was, I was rewinding very quickly in my head. In my day, it was it was the career, but it was also um, focused on getting a home, settling down, getting stability. And that's not a word that you see in millennials today, a sense of stability, uh, pursuing the corporate ladder, getting status, uh, particularly, you know, when I grew up being mixed Asian background, a lot of my friends were West Indian. It was a case of you, you needed to kind of make your stamp in the, in the marketplace. There wasn't the availability and flexibility there is today of lots of different career opportunities. Starting your own bit, entrepreneurialism now is growing so fast. And this is another subject for, for our podcast. It's mm. growing so fast. There's so much more choice. It's like you're caught now in a river that's moving very, very fast now. It's not like a a meandering estuary that's going out into the ocean, which it was back in my day. Now it's so fast, it's too many choices. So I think that plays out in a massive way as well. You, you, it's almost like that journey, you just talked about life. I, I, one of the things I quote when I'm doing my events is the quotes that being, you know, millennials are lazy. And, and one of the articles was millennials are lazy because they want independence. Well, how does that make you lazy? Millennials are lazy because um, they want life, not a work-life balance. Whereas back in my day, it was about work and possibly a bit of life. Now you're saying, well, actually, we want to enjoy our lives. And I, I agree with that. So that's led to children being moved. If you think about it as a checklist of life, and there may be sort of five or six of key thing, things in there. Children being one of them, marriage being another one. They've just moved down. The fun, the longevity of that fun has gone from a few years at university, get into a career, get serious, get your head down. That period has extended. It's gone from a few years to maybe 10, 15 years or more now. I researched some surveys, uh, you know, asked a couple of friends, sat down with my wife and said, what, what's, what's your guy's gut feeling? What's your opinion? 
and uh, you've actually covered most of them. So here's some words that came out of the survey. So uh, there's some surprise ones as well, but desire for autonomy, you know, yes. that's one. Uh, a feeling of being able to be spontaneous, uh, being able to do what you want, when you want, uh, the idea of freedom, the ability to travel. Uh, and what I thought was uh, quite cool, actually, which is what, one is an obvious one, which is, you know, the cost of living and having a baby and a large university debt, which wasn't actually a, a factor ah, yes, yes, in the past okay. generation. Yeah, yeah. That's also shown up. So uh, this was a U.S. study in particular, but they have they have incredibly large university debts. So, you know, with a, to raise a child, you're looking at typically two hundred and eighty four thousand U.S. dollars. Uh, during the time of, you know, where they need, where they're dependent on you. Uh, and if you're adopting IVF, surrogacy, things like those, those scenarios, the cost greatly increases by quite, quite drastically. So that's another thing that popped up in the survey in terms of millennials. And why I'm highlighting these points is, hmm. uh, why I think it's important is I'm almost speaking to the, the, uh, the elder generation and saying the pressure you're potentially putting on millennials just by simply making statements such as, oh, okay, it's time now to have a child. It's time you're married now. Just like we start the podcast. These are the common phrases that are said. Yeah. Uh, but it's good to get an insight on actually how do millennials feel? How do people of my generation feel? And there's another really cool one, a big one, which is, uh, and there's a there's a, a movement start starting, which is if I was to have a judgment, it's quite scary. Uh, it's a strong stance, but there's a thing called a birth strike. Uh, and this is a movement where people are not having children due to uh, the impact and the potential impact of climate change coming. So that's a big one as well. Wow. Okay. So, so birth strike means as in we're striking to not have children. Correct. A big movement. Okay. Mm. So that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a topic for another day. Uh, that that in itself is a, an interesting shift in mindset. Now, as I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about a documentary I recently watched, which I know you've seen, which is the big hack, uh, the, sorry, the great hack. The concept within the great hack was how uh, organizations like Cambridge Analytica were able to take data or information, put it out into social media to create an unconscious uh, movement. And uh, that movement was so strong that it would get groups or generations of people to literally change the way they did things or steered them the way. So if I look at that and you say, well, there's a movement right now online, which is the big the birth strike. It's, I'd be interested to know where that's coming from. Is that a genuinely a movement coming from millennials or is that some form of, uh, for want of a better word, conspiratorial movement trying to steer young people uh, or maybe a campaign towards hopefully working towards the climate change, which we all want to achieve in a positive way. But yeah, that's uh, that's a big one. I think we should tackle that on a separate, separate topic. Absolutely. Uh, and I think it is a big one, but I want to throw it in there because if we're if it if if it's real, uh, yeah. if it's if it's a real movement and uh, this is this exists, then actually it's a pretty strong movement because if you think about yeah. uh, not doing what we're almost born to do, which is reproduce, uh, uh, and what we're what we're engineered to do is reproduce, and that potentially, and you know, this is just a, a topic that we're, I'm just touching on again for another podcast, but potentially that has a big economic effect on the future as well. Huge. Low population, low population yeah. drive, uh, big, big impacts on, you know, wealth of country. And, and it's not all involved in that, but there's so many things that happen when my generation uh, are saying and almost saying it out loud. All these different reasons I've explained, which is uh, we're having children later or maybe not at all because of all of these yeah. things. 
So it'd be interesting to see what governments do to now incentivize because that's happened in the past as well. It has. I mean, look at China, for example. Uh, I mean, they, you know, they restricted the number of children down to, I think it was one, wasn't it? That they could one have. child policy, yeah. Uh, but but it, this begs a very interesting, I mean, this could, this could come into our conversation whilst we're doing this. And that is, there is without a doubt in my mind, having been through the physiological, emotional and almost chemical changes that happen during 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s, is your desire to be a father or a mother without a doubt changes based on all of those things, the environment around you. Um, it's just almost a hormonal process you go through. And this is what I want to come back to when you, I'm sure we're going to get to this a little bit later is you may not, I certainly didn't feel it when I was in my twenties, but I definitely started to feel it in my thirties. And now, I mean, I left tonight, left my kids. I literally, before I came to the office here, I lay on the couch with my eldest in one arm and my youngest in the other arm. And they're both just pulling my leg and having some fun. <laughs> and, and I wouldn't change that for the world, but I would not have been in that space 25 years ago. So although somebody might be thinking right now about a birth strike, the consequence of that could be if there's a sudden gap now, there's probably going to be a massive frigging surge in the future, as there was after the war when people were forced to have a birth strike because of the war. And then we had the baby boomers. So, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of implications to something like this. Fascinating. So you, you've actually started to touch on the, uh, the process now. So you said that hormonal change. So I'm 30 and I'm feeling that, you know, I'm feeling that. So I'm now asking the question, uh, am I ready to be a parent? Um, and there's, there's, this is where I'm almost coming to you and saying, uh, you know, is, is there a right time to be a parent? You know, can you be, uh, is there anything you could do to be ready to be a parent? Uh, because the thing that, uh, myself, you know, I even, me and my wife had a conversation before this podcast to take some notes down. So look, this is what, this is the topic we're talking about. It's very topical for us. So is, is there anything you want to ask, Ro? And one of the things that came up was, is we want to challenge that assumption that all we've heard now for years or probably a decade now is there's never a right time to be a parent and you can never be ready to be a parent. So from your opinion, is that is that true? Because I, I personally feel, uh, bef before I hand over the mic to you, I personally feel that I agree that there's never a perfect time to be a parent, but I do believe, like anything, you know, there are things you can do to be ready. And I, and don't get me wrong, uh, for those parents out there, I'm not saying I'm ready to change nappies, the throwing up, and all the other gross things that happen uh, with having a baby. But what I do, th I'm just trying to be logical about this and say, uh, like a marathon, if I was running a marathon, I'm never going to be ready for that pain, the aches and the toll it takes on me emotionally and physically, but there is training I can do prior to that to be ready for it. Does that make sense, Ron? 100%. I think you've it's going to be interesting because I'm sure I'm going to start touching on subjects you might want to ask me specific questions on anyway, but let, let me see if, so let's try and break that down. So the first question is, is there a right time to be a parent? That's different to, um, uh, what if I can be ready or how can I be ready? Is that right? Yeah. You're asking, so you're asking, is there right time? Look, if you're talking to a six, let, let's try and break this down purely from an age perspective. If you're talking to a 16 year old, I personally think that is not really the right time to be a parent, but I've got to be careful even saying that as a 53 year old, because there might be somebody at 16 that says, you know what? I'm absolutely ready to be a parent right now. Uh, but if you think about it from an economic perspective, an emotional perspective as well, emotional development, and just from a financial career and stability perspective, the question I think we found ourselves asking was, what do we want our children to grow up into? What family do we want 
our children to grow up into? What sort of parent do I want to be? And we'll come back to this at the end of the podcast. So it has to be a deeper question than just, is this the right time? It's more about you as an individual, because there's no doubt that there are some people at 20 years of age who are genuinely emotionally developed. And yes, they're just naturally built to be a parent that it's just in their core. I mean, there are certain people I've met over the years and I've just gone, wow, they're such an amazing parent. And they said, I've always been like this. And I was like, what, what, right? Even back to your twenties. Yeah, I've always been like this. I was so ready, but we just didn't have children until we got into our thirties. So I think the timing is a lot to do with the individual's emotional development and, and be interested to see what you come back to me and sort of argue against or in favor of that point. So I think that's a very big one. But it's not just the individual, it's the couple as well. Because if you want to bring a child, and again, we're going to be contentious here. I have no doubt that some people will challenge or di agree or disagree with this. But if you want to be bringing a child in as a couple, then it is my personal opinion, having coached so many people and been a parent, that both of you have to be in alignment. Because if one of you isn't, children bring such a, a magnifying glass to the relationship. They magnify your pain. They magnify your pleasure. They magnify your beliefs. They certainly magnify your values. And if you're not in alignment, what happens is you just get pushed apart by the very fact that one of you resents even more the fact that you, you weren't ready or you didn't feel you were ready for kids. So I think that's one of the first factors. I mean, I'll pause there because there's other ones I want to bring to the table. But am I making sense? Am I talking off on a tangent or am I in the right direction to the answer uh, that, that you want? That makes sense, Ro. So, OK, so the question is then, OK, so me as a couple and representing all the, the, the couples out there in my generation debating this topic within their relationship, which is, OK, so how do we approach this as a couple? How do we have that conversation? What what Are there some questions we should ask each other? Right. So can I coach you? Then? Can I ask you some coaching questions? Yes. Okay, so so remind me, you're you're, you're thirty. Mm -hmm. Your lovely wife is twenty nine. Twenty nine, yes, right. She's under thirty. Yeah. So, at what point have you started thinking about having kids? Has it started from the the beginning when you as an Asian? And by the way, culture comes in as well. We have to. We should, should raise that subject right away. If you come from a certain cultural background, particularly if you come from an African background, West Indian, or say Asian background, there is an innate part of the process of growing up finding a partner and then getting married it's almost assumed that children are going to happen next so is that a pressure that was put upon you and has it in any way brought you to this question at this point or are you independent of that that process i love that question and i would say so bearing in mind your mum and dad are listening to this probably i know and and <laughs> and i i promised uh, uh, my wife that i'm going to give both parents a massive well done for this and this is again whether it's a good thing or bad thing that's that's a uh, a thing for that particular family to decide but massive well done to my parents because our culture you know the asian culture does have that pressure so we often see uh you know a couple get married and in the first year they've had a child again no judgment but that's potentially that's a, a occurred because of the pressures of that culture potentially so my parents and, and, and gina's parents my wife they were really cool. Uh, and and we actually laugh about this saying, uh, why have they not told us to have kids? So we've gone the opposite. Hang on a minute. Are, 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 have they outsmarted us in a way by not putting any pressure on us? Uh, <laughs> so, so big well done to them because they, they've really left us independently to make that decision. So to answer your question, uh, we haven't had that from our parents. Our parents have been quite good like that. Uh, but I do see it around us. I do see it uh, 
in uh, in other social circles um that and and certainly culturally it's, it is quite a big thing culturally and it really plays out in the fact that somebody gets uh, somebody meets each other uh in year one year two they're married and year three they've had a child and that's that's an indicator not a guarantee but i guess it's an indicator to say that there was certain cultural pressures there Okay. Um, so, so independently, me, so we made the okay, decision. So let me jump in then. So I, I'm going to bring a question to the table, which is relevant to you in the sense that the question is relevant, but for bearing in mind, we've got a broad audience here. So now I want to, I want to tackle a subject, which is not necessarily pleasant if somebody's watching to this, but maybe understands the distinction. So without going into lots of detail, because this is a whole different, uh, podcast altogether on relationships. And in fact, I tackle this, uh, in the relationships, audio uh, and video program within the with you know we have the growth tribes vault and in the vault, vault there's yes. all these amazing videos there's a whole series on relationships and in there i talk about these four levels of relationship now in that vault video i talk about the fact that the first level of relationship is a trading relationship it's like dependencies one dependent upon the other so this is the challenge sometimes people go into a relationship where a child is brought into the relationship and i'm not suggesting this in lots of relationships but some relationships that have formed without necessarily there being a massive love connection but they kind of connected together through whatever physical attraction and then one of the parties felt that you know we want to have a kid that will bring us close together and the child almost becomes the reason for bringing the couple together and that that's a very dangerous place to be so if you're listening to this right now and you're feeling like I kind of want to have a child because I think it might help our relationship. It might bring our cl relationship closer or it might fix our relationship. And that's a dangerous place to be because I've coached a lot of couples over the years where a child came in and the more the questions were asked, it turned out that the, the, the baby came into the relationship on the back of a very challenging relationship. And they themselves admitted afterwards that it was in hope that it would bring them together, but it didn't solve the basic problems they were having between them so i'm gonna ask you the question do you are you considering having a baby in any way because you think it might improve your relationship i'm just being a, i'm asking brutal questions because you give me permission to coach you yeah i, I didn't give you permission to be this brutal though <laughs> <laughs> well you know what? we're controversial on the on on the grow tribes here so that's fine uh, that's fine and, and, and you've asked me uh, tougher questions than that before so uh I, i'd say uh absolutely not actually so you know i mean if i was to answer it uh, openly, I think me and Gina have had four, five, six years of amazing time together and it, it could continue. So we said, we asked ourselves a question uh, and when we have conversations about it, and this has been a conversation for probably about two years now uh, right. about children. So the conversation been happening for two years about children. And one of the things was, would we be happy without children? And the answer was yes. And would we be happy with children? And the answer was yes. Uh, then we sort of ask ourselves, would, what would we be happier with? What would, what does, uh, I think you mentioned to start with, what, what would our life look like yes. with children and without children? And actually, we love the idea of our life, the picture we create in our mind of with children. So that's what's started to prompt this now okay. deeper so conversation. Let's 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 hold that thought because I've I've seen the two of you on occasions and I can see some of the triggers that that magnify that joy of being a parent for you in your mind. So okay, so so going back to the main question. So if I'm if I'm breaking it down as a coach, is there any pressure or sense of pressure to have a child? No. So that's not begging the question right now is not another right time. In terms of you there's a definite desire to have a child. So you're kind of at that point where you're saying, well should we shouldn't we? 
So what do you think in your mind is the the reason that you're hesitating that now is the right time? If I drill right down to the hub of the question, why would you even raise the question in your mind, is now the right time? What do you think is causing you to ask that question? That, that's a that's a powerful question. That's not what we considered. That's a powerful question. That's because essentially, think of it as a car. We're accelerating, right? We're, we're driving forward the car and children, and for anyone listening to this, children are in the future. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of millennials. If they're listening, it's a great thing to consider. And you go, right, yeah, kids. And then brake goes on. Hold on a minute. It is now the right time to cross the traffic lights. That's really it. Now, what's, what's making it amber and not green right now? Great question. So I would say, and uh, it's almost firing a question back at you, but I would say it's because of not knowing what change is going to occur. Okay. So, and it's probably to do with the lifestyle. So if I was to just elaborate on that. So uh, me and Gino, there were certain decisions we made at certain points in our life. One of them connected to yourself to really just, you know, change our financial world. So what that created in our life was uh, uh, businesses, entrepreneurial spirit and a financial independence. So we don't have a conventional job, which allows us to, it sounds a bit crazy, but it allows us to do what we want, when we want, uh, whenever we want, literally, at whatever time we want. So yeah. that's our life at the moment. The- well, you, so you have more freedom than a lot of couples because you've developed that financial independence. And, and those people listening to this, if you don't understand that, I do highly recommend that you go listen to uh, our podcasts that tackle this subject because it's very important if you're sat there thinking, how, how on earth have they managed to achieve that? that's a whole different process but but parking that for a minute the fact that you're in that place means that your choices are different to somebody that's going out as a young couple working all week only seeing each other in the evenings and at the weekends so they probably put more pressure on themselves to try and squeeze every minute of that time out they've got and children don't factor into that if you're a millennial listen to this right now and you're working a nine to five plus probably nine to five six and then you're coming back getting out occasionally during the week, having fun, going to the gym, partying, traveling. When are we going to fit kids in? Uh, you're so, s- in a slightly different position to that or not? Or are you still feeling the same sort of pinch? Uh, I think we're... To answer that question, I'm just going to rewind to something else you said as well. To answer that question, we're probably in that pinch because we filled our life with lots of uh, exciting work that we do. Yeah, in yeah, terms okay. of the entrepreneurial spirit business. And you're aware of some of this. But yeah. if I rewind... Because uh, you raised a really good point. You said we're in a different situation to some of the couples out there now. But it was actually this this scenario that we're talking about now, which is why we made that decision in the past about okay. taking control of our financial independence, learning how to become financially independent uh, through investing vehicles and business and entrepreneurial spirit. So it was the idea that instinctively we always wanted children. That was an instinct within us. So we had that conversation before we even got married. Uh, and I think that was important. So we we was in this we was on the same page uh, yeah. in the early days. So we work towards this point now, which is we have the ability to be full time parents. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's that's what's got us to this point. So it was that trigger, the fact that we had no time. The danger there was okay. Well, we have no time to even raise a child. Uh, you know, we're we're a young couple. We want to travel. We want to do all those things we spoke about. We want to yeah. have autonomy. We want to have a, a cool lifestyle. Uh, you know, so that's now led us to this point, but now we've achieved all that. It's a case of, okay, <laughs> that original mission, is it time now? So that's yeah. So, so it's, you're on a trail, you're basically on a train and there's several stations along the way. And one of the stations was get to freedom, 
and then we'll have children. And now we're just pulling up to that station and the, you know, the ticket, the ticket instructor, whatever they're called, or the engine driver saying, right, those of you that want to have kids get off, we're carrying on anyway. And you're like, oh shit, we're here. Oh, we're here. Do, do, we, do, we, do we get off at this station? Right. So, so I'm going to go back to the question and it might be leading into the next question you're going to ask anyway, but I'm going to come back to it. What do you think is still in your mind stopping you from saying, okay, actually now is the right time. Is it just purely the uncertainty? Because it sounds like it is from what you said. Yes. And it is uncertainty, which leads me to the question. And thanks for reminding me, which is, okay, talk to me about your scenario as a parent, uh, two okay. beautiful children uh, yeah. and, and spending time with them also. Uh, gives us a nudge to, you know, have children as well. So that's a big factor, the fact that you've got two uh, super cute uh, girls, which is awesome. So what changed in your lifestyle before, you know, what was your life? And I actually don't know, I've not asked you this question before. What was your lifestyle like before versus now after children? Yeah, so, okay, so let, let, let me try and rewind. So I was 35 when I met uh, my lovely uh, Stina, and she was in her early 20s. So there's an age gap between us there straight away. I, at my age, I still wasn't ready for children at 35 years of age. So you're five years younger than me and you're thinking about having kids. I went through a good part of my early, well, certainly through my 20s and into my early 30s with no really strong desire to have children. I knew I wanted kids in the future, but I was absolutely a travel nut. But I was also not just traveling, I was pursuing my career. It's the whole Carl Jung thing about I was pursuing achievement in that age group. So to me, travel was just travel, opportunity to earn money, to build up my credibility. And that was the whole era then. You see, it was going back to your career. It's like your job, get your status. Uh, young Asian man trying to prove myself in my professional career as a civil engineer. There was, you know, the world you couldn't get to places the way you can today. So if I could get to somewhere hot or go out to uh, the Caribbean, places like that, I would just take that opportunity because that was what you worked towards and you worked really hard. You saved up the money. It was more expensive to go to places in those days. Now flights are so much cheaper now. So all of that was taking over and I had no real focus at all or even thinking about having kids. Then we met and because she's younger than I am, that still wasn't a topic of conversation to start with. Mm -hmm. So we traveled a lot, which we both have a very common value on. Um, we just grew a lot. So we went to personal development seminars. We we went through a huge curve in terms of personal evolution. And children were a point of conversation, but they were always somewhere in the distance. I don't know if that makes any sense. It was. Yes. Have, you, have you found that? It's like a distant conversation. Yeah, it, was, like, it was two years ago until right. this year. Yeah. yeah. So then exactly. So then all of a sudden that destination arrives at your doorstep. And for us, it came, uh, we even start, and here's an interesting, well, I don't know if I've told you this, but we actually spent quite a lot of time looking at adoption. After the huge tsunamis in Sri Lanka, we thought, actually, you know what, maybe we could adopt a child. And there was a lot of complications with going through that process. So that kind of stopped that. But the process of discussing it made us start to question, what do we want to do? Uh, I was financially independent within a year or so of coming through my property trainings. The two of us had the flexibility to travel. I was speaking. So we were doing a lot of things together. But more and more, we both came to a point where we said how amazing it would be to have a child in our lives. And we we, we went through very heavily looking at the adoption process. And then we asked ourselves the question, what if we had our own child first? What if we chose to have a baby together? 
and enjoyed the experience of that. And then at that point, they decided how we want the future to be, you know, with other children, because we, we, we felt it, it was just the right time. And and then the challenge for us was, oh, shit. But what about the travel? Because people mm. kept saying, when you get kids, you're not going to be able to travel. It's all right. You, you enjoy it right while it lasts because you won't be able to do it. And we actually said, OK, how about if we consciously decided that we would not allow the children to inhibit our passion for travel and we made the travel a way of educating them and giving them a chance to experience things with us albeit we'll do things differently and that's what happened we actually consciously built a picture in our mind of being able to still enjoy the things that we have with a different dynamic with having a child that we could care for nurture uh, and we both had such strong values we really felt we wanted to pass that on to a generation beyond us and that was the sort of turning point for us. That was the total transformation it took in our minds to take us to a different level of thinking. I think it was uh, the realization that we could enjoy the things that we still love, the travel. We could create a home and have the joy of watching a child and imparting our values onto them and still keep that connection. And because of the financial situation, that didn't really become a big issue. We weren't really focused on that. I know a lot of people do, but that for us wasn't an issue. So I don't know if that's where you find yourself at this moment in time. I don't know if you're in a similar place yourself. Uh, yeah, actually very similar place. And yeah, I wasn't aware of some of those things. That's really cool, uh, especially with the travel, because that's that's amazing in regards to it sounds like you just adapted. You know, you, you said, OK, let, how can we have best of both worlds? OK, we need to potentially compromise this and that. Uh, maybe we don't go to that destination, but we go to this destination. Is yeah. that fair? Yeah, well, we just, it was even, it was just, it was a decision. We just said, you know what? It's our choice. I think that's probably the point. It's our choice. The older generation, my mum's group and, and that sort of period, it was like, you, if you have kids, you have to settle down. That, that There's the sentence. Okay, it's, now it's in my head. And you've probably heard the same thing. You have to settle down and have kids. And mm. that's what I was resisting. That whole inbred uh, baby boomers thinking, which was you have to settle down and have kids. And we were like, how about if we, what, what if we didn't settle and we didn't think down? What if we just went complete variety? What if we said, right, we are going to grow, we're going to expand, we're going to travel, and we won't allow that to be even a mindset to the point where when Savannah was born, after two and a half years, we sold absolutely everything we owned apart from our investment properties and one small storeroom of a bit of furniture. And we just we went traveling around the world. It was amazing. Cars got sold, you name it, beds, furniture, <laughs> house. Incredible. And we said, fuck it, we're gone. And that's exactly what we did. And then people were going, oh my God, how can you do that? Of course, we started challenging everybody else's paradigm of the world because the very people that were telling us you got to settle down, we were completely throwing it in people's faces, not in a disrespectful way. We just but went through action. Yeah, just through action. We're just going to do it. I think that's the, that's the point is you, and this is true of everything in life. If you make the decision, this is how I want and I shape my destiny to be like that. This is how it's going to be. Yes, there's going to be more financial challenges because you've got to allow for that in the costs. And yes, there are certain things you're not going to be able to do as much, but then you can still choose to, at times, one of you stays with your child. The other one goes and enjoys maybe an activity, sport, whether it's climbing, walking, mountaineering, some of the things I used to love to do. So it, it shouldn't stop you doing that. But what I did find as time went by, certain things, I'd sort of outgrown them anyway. I didn't feel like I needed to do this. I mean, I, I talk to you and I don't see you having the need to go out and get pissed and party the way you might have done five, six, seven years ago. And I think that's a natural maturation. So that will happen anyway with anybody listening to this. I think that's a really interesting point because that's where I feel millennials of my generation will naturally start to f go into that mold. We're actually, we're tired of doing this stuff. Yeah. But what's really cool there is... 
if you take your scenario that you just painted a picture there, because you just said, actually, we're not going to settle, you was able to have the children. And if I go back to just read off some of the points in the survey for why millennials are not having children is desire for autonomy. You had that spontaneity, the variety. You had that. Yeah. You had the freedom. Yeah. You had the ability to travel. Yeah. (laughs) And you also. All of those. All of those things. You know, all of those things. And in terms of the costs, uh, you had built your financial stability before you decided to have children. So that was ticked in the box as well. So uh, if you're listening to this and you're millennial, there's certain things that can be done, I guess, to be ready in order to still do all the things you want to do that, you're, that you love doing as, this, as my generation, because I love all those things as well, and still have children. So I think that's, that's a little bit of a cool message that's come out there. Well, also harms. I mean, one of the ones you talked about was the impact on the environment. So I'd challenge somebody who has that philosophy and I'd say my daughter goes to a school where they grow vegetables in a two and a half to three acre plot, which is a biodynamic farm. Uh, they're organically grown vegetables, which are then uh, sold onto the local organic store, where then local people who get enlightened into buying organic food are able to buy it from children that have grown it. We're educating her. She already has a passion towards saving certain species of animals. So if we don't bring children up with a different level of emotional development, how on earth can we expect to transform the world? You don't change the world by inactivity. You actually do it by exactly the opposite. So you know, to have a birth strike to help the environment, there is a counterintuitive argument there to say, well, but what if we brought up the new children with such a level of enlightenment and understanding of the environment that they become our future ambassadors for changing the world? I mean, it's a radical statement, I know, but that's, that's my, cool. I, I did. I, I didn't. <laughs> that's even my consider that. view on it. <laughs> I didn't even consider that because I actually started this and saying, actually, this is a this is a movement. This is what's happening. When actually the the people who are behind those movements they have that level of value. They have that level of enlightenment for the planet and the environment already. So exactly. it logically makes sense. You impart that onto these children and they're going to grow up with even a more powerful voice because they're, they're not going to stand for it. They're going to, they're going to question everything. They're going to say, hang on a minute. Why, why is that happening? Why is that happening? But they're going to say it even stronger. So I think that's a very fascinating point. So here, okay. So here, it leads me to another question, Roy, which is, uh, which is, you, you know, you've almost are playing out the life and the scenario in the way you made your decisions uh, uh, with your wife, Stina, and, uh, with your partner, Stina, in the scenarios that you have created there, which is almost the life that millennials want to lead because that's why they're not having children. So my question is, what did you do or what can we do as my generation to get ready? What can we do to, uh, let, let's say somebody's saying, okay, if if, if I'm saying, well, okay, I'm ready to be a parent. What what can I do, though, to gear myself up to be the best parent possible? Okay, so let me go back and ask you the question. What is your, because I need to, I can't let this go right. I have to get it in my head. Is your gut feeling right now that you are ready? Yes. Have you made that? Because the whole thing about is now the right time? And, and I'm hoping we tackled it for most people. But there are factors such as finance uh, so, I mean, maybe that can come into this right now, I guess. But going back to my question to you is what has shifted you and G from the point of asking that question to because I've I've had fun with you where I've sent you videos of my <laughs> two playing, especially the youngest. And and then I've got these broody comments back from your wife. <laughs> um, if anyone's li- I guess I'm going to throw the question out to everybody. If anyone's listening to this and you just feel instinctively that you, you kind of want kids, if you're holding back because of finances, 
because of the work situation you're in. I think you've got to go beyond that. And first of all, ask yourself the question, do we really want children right now? And if we do, you genuinely want it, then you say, right, sod it. We're going to do it. We're going to, we want kids. We will create the environment that we want for our kids, as opposed to waiting for the environment to come to you, i.e. waiting for my life purpose, waiting for the financial situation, etc. Now, that's not to say there may not be a point where it is not the right time because you really are not in a good financial situation. That's different. But if you're just if you're fairly comfortable, but you're using it as an excuse, that's the only time I would challenge somebody and say, well, hold on a minute. Have you actually sat and looked at the finances and and checked in with that? So. I know I'm going off on a bit of a tangent, but I wanted to try and sweep up behind us there. Do you both feel that actually you have made the decision and it's just been almost a form of an excuse till now? Where are you at? What's your honest reflection on that before we go to that question you asked me? Uh, I I would say uh, the gut feeling says yes. Um, And I guess there's maybe potentially a few factors. I don't think finances is it. I think it's it's the things I spoke about, which you've almost almost clarified in, in just telling your story there, which is, can life still be similar to what it is now and the relationship dynamic we have, which is which is amazing, uh, after children as well? I think that's that was the core key point. And when you told your story where you just said, actually, no, uh, we're consciously going to make a decision that we're going to carry on and the children will be a part of that. So we may have to adapt a little bit, but they'll be a part of that. And I think that's answered it for me. Okay, so I mean, uh, to, to put add another factor to this, which I didn't mention. So we were running a business together at our property business, but also I was out speaking. Stina was involved in helping with the branding of my book, uh, an early stage, although that came uh, after Savannah, but she was involved in the business. She came out, she looked at properties with me. She helped do some designs for she was a lot of graphic design back in the early days. And so we made a decision that when the baby came along and you know we didn't know if it was boy or a girl, but when Savannah arrived that we, I would still be there and be part of the family as the dad, but I would then just take that leading role. And there was no need for her if she didn't want to at that point to be so involved with the business. And actually she chose not to, you know, she comes from a strong Scandinavian background where there's a really a big desire to create a home and make it hooger, as you probably heard the term a lot these days, people talk about the scan. Yeah. yeah. And that's what she chose to do. And, and that for us, that was right. So it, that's another thing is that people come, what my business is not going to grow. This is, this is going to stop. But we just felt that we wanted to bring a life into this world and we wanted our values to be imparted into that child rather than just parking the child with somebody else and getting back to the business of business. And that was a conscious decision we had to make. And that's another big factor. And you're going to face that with you and Gina is when you're at that point, it's more about what you want your child to experience as a child and what you what role you want to be as a parent at that moment. And I think that's an important part of this. Is this the right time question? Because that's going to come into the personal development arm of what I want to say next. Uh, I, I don't know if that's making sense because I'm that, that makes sense. Well, so so what yeah. you're saying to myself and everybody listening at home is is almost have an open communication with your partner. And like you're asking me the challenging question, ask each other the challenging questions, which is um, uh, how involved, you know, and, and we actually ask this uh, question because bear in mind, you know, for those listening, I've spent time with Rose. So I've had some of these questions thrown at me before. Uh, but we 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 thought actually it's a great way for him to ask them deeper questions, which he yeah. has thrown me off guard and also simulate the environment. Because sometimes, uh, you know, if, if you're listening, listen to this at home right now, me and Ro will be sitting over dinner. Uh, my wife will be there 
and we will literally have a mini coaching session there and then. And after <laughs> the coaching session finishes, we're thinking, oh my God, this would have helped so many people because uh, we're not the only people in this scenario. So that's almost why uh, why I can I can almost throw some of these questions back because they've originally come from Roe himself. So one of the questions is Roe is the question that me and Gina asked each other was, is uh, what are our work expectations? What are our business expectations of yes. each other yeah. when we have children? Uh, uh, how involved do we want to be in raising the child? Um, you know, who's going to take the leading role in the child? Who's going to take the leading role in the business? And I think, again, just saying that phrase I said earlier, it was important that we were both on the same page when it came to that, because that is going to be a challenge. How does one of us step away from the business uh, and still the work and tasks get completed? So, uh, but we we are on the same page with that. So I think that's important. I, th- I think in this process as well, I mean, we're talking quite left brain here. And it's a shame. I, I don't know if she's around, but I'd love to pull Gina in on part of this. But it, if she was here, you'd hear a very different flow of conversation because we're two blokes chatting to each other over a subject which which is emotional. But I think in this, whoever's listening to this right now, don't think for one minute that, that, that this has to be a left brain conversation. It really, Absolutely. you really got to talk about. And I remember sat at the dinner table and seeing uh, Gina's eyes welling up when we talked about it. it was how is it going to feel to be a parent? describe the feeling the flow of it when on a daily basis you wake up in the morning how do you want that to look how do you want the flow of the day to be how do you want to communicate with each other as much as there's a nirvana and that's a conversation for another day which is how to be a better parent (laughs) you know we have one script in our mind how we want it to be but it doesn't always play out that way you have to at least hold that image in your mind and in your heart before you start this process because otherwise it just becomes a logical sequence of right you're going to do this i'll do this Uh, we'll manage our time like this and you'll manage your time like this the kids will do this and then we'll do this it can't really be like that it needs to be more of a a painting a picture of the experience and how you'd like it to be and then you will have to just mold uh, and certain things are going to have to drop i mean I, i i've said this to you before I, without a doubt, I know that my speaking career could be in a completely different direction right now had I not had the kids, but I chose to have the kids. So that meant that the choices I made were based on where I was prepared to go and for how long I was prepared to go. And even to this day, I I was in Singapore recently, and there's a point in the trip where I was loving what I was doing, giving huge amounts of value to the people I was sharing with. But my heart was like, oh, man, I want to go back and see my kids. And that's just what happens as you evolve as a human being. So you almost need to timeline yourself into the future and picture what it would be like to be a 30, 40, 50, 60 year old parent. How's that going to feel? Um, and look at, I'd say the other things harms, get in yourself as well, but look at some of the parents out there who are older than you that you think, wow, I love the way they parent and take notes, you know, make emotional notes and, and, and say to yourself, actually, there's a big part of what they do there. I'd love us to be like that as well. That's what builds your, that's what the preparation is, the factors that make it right. So you're talking about the preparation, massive amounts of personal development, reading, understanding your values, you know, the turning point book that I wrote years ago, that would be a great process to go through just to explain that. If you get a chance to come on to our Growth Tribes Vault, we have some really cool video series there on life balance, relationship, time management. These are all things you need to do because to have a child, you're going to have to manage all those things. There's a few points I just want to touch on there, which is <laughs> which is actually fantastic because yes, I am approaching this from you know a logical perspective, a left brain yeah. perspective. But what I would say is something that actually helped me and work work opened my eyes actually, which is I was two things actually. One is listening to a 
podcast led by a female in the in this space in the space of parenting in the space of this topic um that i've started to listen to that maybe once a week to get a different feeling and understanding because from a male perspective sometimes it can be quite mechanical i.e okay do we have enough money uh is do we have a roof over our head uh, can we ensure we feed the, the baby great food those sort of basic level almost instinctive things come from men in general and then as i said the second thing is reading books on parenting but ones that are written by uh, females and women that's really opened my eyes uh, it really has and that's allowed me to access the other side of my brain the heart space uh, because you know it's, it's not natural uh, sometimes it's not natural in that role because when we are in a uh, male female dyna- dynamic in regards to our relationship for example just talking literally our relationship uh, i play that masculine role when it comes to this decision about being a parent uh so it's i think it's if if you listen to this at home and, and you're a man and say okay but how do you access some of that i think go read some literature that is written by females and women because it's extremely powerful yeah i mean one of the authors or one of the books that i read uh, a few years back was called, um called the conscious parent and i think there's there's more books evolving from that uh that are written by men and women but there's some great authors out there lady authors who are just giving a different perspective and i think consciousness has to come into the idea of being a parent. So, I mean, going back to the subject or the question you asked about, you know, factors that make it the right time, 100% what you just said there is you start to become more conscious. Really watch, just spend a month when you're out watching how other parents are with their kids and look more at the toddlers than, say, teenagers, because it's those first five years that are really, you become consumed in being the best parent you can until it shifts to being the best parent you can but now they're more conscious and i talked about this in one of the videos i just did recently there's a different type of parenting in the first zero to six years as there is from six years onwards and you know we've noticed it ourselves so i think that's a massive one and then the other thing of course is people talk about finances the environment and the lifestyle how's it going to be has it going to be changed if you're trying to hang on to a nirvana perfect single person lifestyle where you know, you're, you're managing your finances exactly. Your environment is perfect. You've got no mess around the house. You've got all your groom, <laughs> your grooming clothes ready to go out and party. And you can drop everything uh, you know, at a drop of a hat. You can be gone on a plane and off doing something different. If that's what you're looking for, then parenting, parenting right now is not for you. But <laughs> that's I'm just sharing that with you, because even though we travel, even though we travel, we just can't drop everything. We still have to plan. So planning becomes a big part of being a parent. Um, but if you want to weigh up the joy of watching your child, you know, playing in the garden and running in with a flower they found with a bumblebee on it, or, uh, you know, they just stop while you're walking along a street and they just suddenly stop and pick up a ladybird and just point and it's on the top of their finger and you see the fascination in their eyes and the innocence that they have to every new experience. If that is something that gives you joy, then even remotely, then I suspect you're ready to be a parent. I don't know if that contrast makes any sense, but no, I love that. That that does make sense. I mean, that's a nice way to contrast it because if somebody is, if, if they are typically in that world and they're debating this, you just made it quite clear for them. Maybe yeah. it's not the right time. Yeah. Uh, but if they're in the, because we are, we're pretty much there. We're in that second scenario that you spoke about. Um, you know, when we spent time with uh, your beautiful daughters, I was observing, I thought, okay, this is, this is how children are. Look how excited they are about these things. Look how, uh, you know, they just 
in their zone. Uh, nothing else matters around Carefree. them. Carefree. You know, me and you are having a business conversation over coffee and they are just, whoa, every, wh- whatever. Whatever's going on at the moment, it's, be- it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. So I think, I, I mean, I know there's other questions you want to ask, but for people listening to this right now, is it right time? Hopefully you're getting some reassurance that there, there is a, I, I know people say there's never the right time, but there's a point of maturity. And I think if somebody's 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years of age, there's still a lot of emotional maturity to happen there. And go and find yourself, go and take the time to research and understand personal development, understand values, beliefs, come and join us on the growth tribe, spend more time around what we do there, because that experience is massively beneficial to your long-term personal development. And as a, as a result of that, you'll be much more conscious about actually, it feels like a really good time to be a parent right now. Now, of course, some people may through circumstances end up conceiving a child through a moment of passion or whatever with their loved one. And then they go, oh my gosh, you know, we're pregnant. Well, hey, you know, you've something universally, whatever you believe in has brought that child into your lives right now. And I would say, if that's the case, start rapidly learning and developing yourself, grow yourself now to be prepared and ready for this beautiful child to come into your life because you put yourself in that position and the universe is probably saying, right, now is the right time, but you've got to evolve now to be an even better parent than you could be. Let me just quickly, just because I made some notes alongside of some of the bullet points you was, you was talking about, uh, you know, what are the factors that make it the right time? What are the factors that yeah. get you feeling ready? So you've spoken about yes. uh, finances, uh, creating the right environment, in understanding the lifestyle, understanding you can still make conscious decisions about your lifestyle, having that open communication with your partner, uh, what are the expectations afterwards? And this is really uh, orientated around painting a picture. I, I really like that that description you created. What does it feel like? You know, that picture in your mind of when you have children as a, as a family in a household, what does that pinch picture look like? What does it feel like? How does it feel like on a daily basis? And then to really ensure that you as a person are in an amazing place, and we've been on this journey now eight, nine years. You as a person and me as a person know that I am the best person I can be, never mind being a parent, but the best person I can be for this child is really start to grasp the concept of personal development, building on yourself, improving yourself, uh, being the best version of yourself you can be. And that's really what Growth Tribes is orientated for. That's the community that we have around yes. us. Yes, agreed. I mean... Assuming somebody's got to a point where they say, right, okay, I mean, let me ask you a question. If you feel you're ready now and uh, and you want to have children, what what in your mind, you and Gina, were the next questions that you started to ask? Okay, so now we're ready. We want to have kids. What starts to go through your head in terms of thinking ahead, the preparation? What what were the main factors that you started to ask yourself? Okay, so this was this is a really cool one. Actually, we actually reached out to your lovely partner to to understand this. Uh, whilst this question, because this is not a question that's come overnight. Are we ready to be parents? It's not something we woke up. This is now a process of uh, a two year process. So we reached out yeah. to your lovely partner and we said, okay, if we're thinking about children um, and we feel like we're ready or we're, we're, we're debating it, what do we need to do to get ready? Um, and just bear in mind a little disclaimer here. I'm not a medical doctor, um, but this is, it, it was all about creating the best environment for the child. So this is now, uh, on Gina's side, my wife's side, or, yeah. or your partner's side, and that is doing some things that you know are a change of lifestyle. So, for example, no alcohol, and these are practical things to create 
And when we, we mean environment, it's not where the baby's going to come grow out, up, yeah, grow yeah. up at this stage. This is, separate. this is actually the environment within the body, biological environment. So that's, that's some of the work we did. So for example, no alcohol, that's a no brainer. Uh, but just bear in mind uh, with this, you know, the stuff that is out there and the stuff that you could be reading about and researching and some of the resource material uh, that Stina pointed us towards was phenomenal because you just have to trust me on this one. You're not going to find this on a GP's pamphlet, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's very true. You're just true. not going to find it. That's just she, genuine... she was like a research machine when we went through this. And because we had two children, she just kept refining it and was quite strict with me about certain things I did as well. I mean, there's the conception of the child, which is making sure both parents are really in their optimum place. But then obviously once the baby's conceived, it's, it's really making sure that we nurture that environment, which is exactly what you're talking about cover about you know if i was to give you some tips and stuff that we've been reading about because uh, once you triggered that with us she said give us a whole bunch of resources to go explore because i think i asked you the question and you said ah this is not a question for me this is a question for stina and that was quite funny so yeah. it's, it's <laughs> no so no outcome i mean it's you know even even for the the male and this is often overlooked yes. so even for myself uh, it's no alcohol uh going through a process of detoxing well before you even think about the child. So a soup cleanse or something like that, a juice cleanse, something that really detoxes. It almost resets your body, um, ensuring you have the right minerals and vitamins, ensuring you have uh, the prenatal vitamins that started at the right time, yeah. ensuring you have a healthy diet. And here's an interesting one. And this is one of many. So this is, uh, and this is really up to you to go do your research because I'm not a medical doctor on this one. But here's one that really threw us and almost frustrated us because through the research and through some of the books that we were reading, they explained, and this is actually Gina said to me, she was actually a bit annoyed about it, which is, for example, fish. Fish should be stopped five years before you think about having a child. And that's the sufficient time it takes for the mercury in the fish to actually detox out of the body. Otherwise, it detoxes into the child and that, that has its own complication. So I was like, oh my, what? what why yes. is nobody talking about this? Yeah. I read something, Harms, uh, a couple of years back where they t they they tested the umbilical cord of a child and they find they found over 200 pesticides in the umbilical cord. Uh, you know, when I and I remember reading it, I think it was prior to Savannah, so Liv being born. Now, we'd been organic even prior to Savannah, which is our firstborn, and then Liv is the second. But I we had our blood tested even before that. Uh, and you've been through this process, which is live blood analysis. Mm. And the lady that tested us said, you actually have, you're eating well, and you can see that from your blood. It's not the sort of thing a typical doctor would do. But what I can tell is that you are um, not organic fully. And so she could see traces of essentially pesticidal traces in our blood. So that was a really wake, massive wake up call. Uh, mercury, as you've mentioned, there is another, and teeth is another one is when if you're going to have the mercury taken out your teeth have a very good conversation with your dentist because if it's not done properly it can concentrate in the body and of course where does it go if you've got a child inside you if you're breastfeeding for example because concentrated it all gets concentrated back through to the baby now again we're not gps here and we're not trying to give advice but i think it's about making people aware of these things which is what you're saying from the start yeah that's it and 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 to get ready it's there's actually some work involved and it's quite exciting. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. It opens a whole new chapter of research and knowledge and, and exciting, exciting material to work through and, and actually understand. And then, you know, it, it, and here's a great example, actually, Ro, because if all of that information was overwhelming and it was like, ah, oh, this is actually too much to deal with right now, 
that would have been a good indicator that actually we're not we're not actually ready. Yes, we actually yes. don't want children. Whereas yeah. when uh, seen as these resources, we're like, oh my god, okay, let's start working through them. You know, reading the yeah. reading the books, reading, going through the certain websites, and and starting purchasing the vitamins, etc., and going through a soup cleanse and all the and you know if you've gone through a soup cleanse for ten days, it is not the most pleasant experience. <laughs> so, so so to commit to that, um, I think I'm almost answering my own question: Are we ready to have children? Yes. Uh, and, and yeah, I think that's a good that's another good indicator. What are you willing to do to get really ready to create the the most beautiful environment for the baby to be nurtured in i think there's a caveat to add here and that is you're talking very much from a conscious person's point of view here so the average person the average person is probably not having this conversation right now even though they've thought about having a baby so to some extent if you're coming and you're listening to this and you're in the in this world that we're in right now in our ecosystem there's a whole level of consciousness that comes into play so you're talking harms as a conscious young man and as a future parent who's thinking that way whereas there are a lot of parents that want to be parents but they're probably not even thinking about this that they'll be eating the normal stuff they eat they might be eating yeah you know, non-organic food and all of those things but they may actually genuinely still want to have kids so we're not preaching here to say you have to do that i think what both myself and harms are saying if you want to really create the best opportunity for your children seriously look at your diet and think about the impact that could have on that baby that's sitting inside the mum or will be at some point in the future. And that's fair. Well, let me give you a contrast to that, uh, which is, uh, and I've been in environments and also observed other people in the environment where, you know, they're, they're saying, you know, we're trying for a baby. Uh, oh, it's okay. One glass of wine won't hurt. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> one beer won't hurt. It's okay. I mean, and all of these phrases that come out, which are that you have to be, if you're conscious, you can protect yourself from it. Yeah. But if you're not and you're not surrounded by the right people who are having the right conversations around you, that becomes a challenge. How to say no in those scenarios does become a challenge. But when I, you know you've got I a whole agree. bunch of people like the Growth Tribes community who have your back and we're having a conversation which is more stronger than the average conversation out there, which is more powerful, more impactful in your life, that's when you can really make start making some conscious decisions. And it's a, it's a, it's a much more pleasant way because you're thinking, because if you're by yourself, it's you almost succumb to that peer pressure and you say, actually, yeah, they must be right. A one won't hurt. Whereas if you've got, uh, you know, a hundred of us saying, actually, it will hurt. Don't do it. Put that down. Then it's it's, it's a pretty cool place to be. Uh, you know what? I, I want to pick up on this. I know we're, we're probably coming to the end of the podcast, but I think this is a good point. I know people who are in the world of professional speaking who profess to be a certain way and yet their behavior about what they actually do is different to what they say in a public space and i think what can sometimes cause people to have challenges with giving but and again this is a personal belief so it's just an observation but over the years of coaching and working with people i've known a lot of people that struggle to have kids but they've kind of worked through it and i've done work with them on a personal development level not necessarily a biological or medical level but just working on their mindset if fear is in play if stress is in play if you add to that uh, a diet that is not really the most nirvana experience for the child or the conception of the child any toxicity added to the stress the biological reaction of the body i honestly believe from what i've observed with people it can definitely have an effect on that conception of the child and certainly the long-term health of the child and that's again only an opinion you have to go and seek your own advice on this and talk to doctors but i think also wear a common sense hat as well you have to have conviction i mean you i see this in both you and your wife you have conviction there's a lot of people 
who don't have that same conviction. They bend very quickly under social pressure and without realising it, it's all those little factors that ultimately possibly are leading to them not having or being able to conceive or create the best environment for their child. It's a big subject and it might be controversial for anybody listening, but it's worth us just talking about it here whilst we're on this call. Phenomenal, Ro. And uh, I, I think we're done. I think I think that yeah. was awesome. And it, you know, if you if you're dissecting this and thinking, okay, what was this structure in? Uh, we went a bit more free flowing today. We went yeah, where yeah. Ro was coaching me. Uh, but if you just actually uh, consciously look at the last part, which is what are the factors that you need to do to get ready? Uh, so there's a whole bunch of bullet points there, and they will be on the show notes. You know, growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. That list of things to do will be on the show notes, the the personal development, the things like, uh, have you considered a soup cleanse? Uh, uh, you know, what what are things to do with your, regarding your finances? Are you got the right environment? Just to prompt you. And we can't tell you exactly what to do in those scenarios because your life's going to be different. Uh, you have to create the, the right environment for you and how you what your picture is in your mind. So my picture of being a parent is going to be completely different to yours, is going to be completely different to Rose. Uh, but that question alone should help prompt you to start thinking about a picture. Is that, is that the best way to describe that role? I think so. I mean, there's a few things I wrote, made a note of actually, as you were just speaking earlier, that I thought would be good to just leave people with from my side. Tell me if that's okay to do that or if you want me to wait. No, I think now's a good time to, you know, almost close this off, uh, end this podcast, which has been a, a fascinating podcast for myself because I am, this is so topical for me. So if you listen to this, this is selfishly for me, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but has, has it, I mean, as, just to wrap up from my perspective with you, has it uh reinforced your belief that you're ready now uh, i mean the question some of the questions i asked were a bit searching at the beginning but do, do you feel as you're talking this through that you're absolutely there in terms of ready to have children now yeah i think the answer is 100 percent. and listen to some of your stories uh listening to uh and i think what really uh, and again like this this has been a long decision and th this is a nice and we've had this qu uh, this conversation privately we've had it over a dinner table yeah, as well yeah. uh so this is a nice way to almost simulate the coaching environment for my but my for myself personally yes and i loved the the part where uh, you and stina said actually we're not going to settle we're not going to do conventionally yes. what people do yeah so you continue to live the life a millennial wants to live and the service have proven that with your children uh, and and you're not alone though if you look at you look at youtube and you look at um these real life families out there who are living right. life on their terms and it's great to see, you know, they made a decision that they're not going to be do the norm. Uh, they're a great inspiration for all of us. They, they really are. And that as, as a you and your wife wrote, gives millennials permission to say, actually, you can go and continue to do the things you want to do um, with children. That is a possibility. I mean, to try and put it in perspective this year, you know, we've been to Denmark, the Maldives. We were out in um, Australia and New Zealand. We're just about to head off back to Sweden, actually, in about a week's time. Uh, I think we we're in Portugal as well this year. So you, you can do all those things. There is absolutely, I guess, yes, financials come into play, but that's another conversation for another mm -hmm. day. And that's about having a plan for your wealth, which if you haven't got that, you must plug back into us separately because that's something that you can get some guidance on. But make the decision, make it right, and then just get behind it and it will happen. Um, but in terms of questions, there's four or five things that maybe I want to leave everybody with and then, then I'll hand it back over to you, Harms. Fantastic. I think for, for anyone listening to this that's thinking, oh my gosh, I, I need to talk to my partner about this. If your partner hasn't actually listened to this, please 
get them to have a listen, because I think the two of you need to talk about your vision of how it will be to be a parent. Both your visions don't don't have one person forcing the other. But, you know, maybe first of all, sit down and excuse me, independent of each other and just write down on a piece of A4 one page summary describing or if you want to go for longer you know just describe how it would be for you as a parent what would life be like how would it be and feel to be a parent what would you do on a daily basis how would you want them to be how would you want to be with your kids and how would you want the relationship between you your partner and the kids i think that's a great thing to do so create a vision and then share it together and see and look for the commonality there really important um, couple with that the second one is what are you excited about what things because a lot of people talk about Oh, yeah, we've got to handle our finances. How are we going to manage the time? Who's going to go to work? Are you going to work? Am I going to work? But what about just sitting down and saying, what excites you about being a parent? What if you looked around at some great parents that you know and said, right, oh, man, I love that. And I love that. And I love the fact that imagine you've been able to watch your child just walk for the first time or first time you get on a plane and they look out the window. Or the first time, for example, when my daughters this year saw stingrays swimming right up to their feet um, or Savannah, who was 10 learning to scuba dive this year in the Maldives. I mean, they're things that are just amazing. What excites you? Um, how's it going to pay out financially? That's the third thing I would say. Don't get too caught up with it, but just think about, you know, how's that going to happen? Who's going to maybe work? Uh, do you have any provision for that? Just think carefully about the type of structure you're going to have. Maybe you're entrepreneurial already, which is great. Maybe you're in a job. Which one, which one of you is going to be the primary income earner? But then what if you were to put in place some income producing assets, like, for example, properties, bringing in 500, 1,000 pounds, dollars, euros, or whatever it is, your, your currency. Imagine that coming in on, one, on a monthly basis. How much would you need to make your life a little bit more comfortable? And then the last one is travel. What things would you love to do with your kids? What experiences would you love to have had as a child? What could you give your ch children a ch chance to do? Because actually we've done that. We've made part of our own childhood come to life through our own kids. And I think they're the four or five things that for me would be great things to go away from from this podcast. That's phenomenal, Ro. And uh, those will be added to the show notes. So for me, there's there's no real actions for me. I, I think I sort of mentioned it uh, in there, which is, my, my biggest thing would be, you know, to, to read some of the books, read some of the resources yeah, uh, and think and get plugged into some personal development. I, I think why we are so conscious and why we are asking these questions and even having these discussions is we started to work on personal development many years ago now. And I know that's just a phrase of personal development, but that's, you know, uh, time management, um, relationships, wealth management, all of those factors play a part. Health, how do we manage our health? And And once you start to work on those areas over years you know it doesn't happen overnight over years uh, with the right people around you in the right environment taking the right information it just compounds uh, yes. and then you end up having a conversation like myself and Ro have had today uh, which is uh, quite insightful so on that note Ro uh, we shall sign off so what, what I'll leave this one with is hopefully this podcast you know potentially creates the next baby boom we never know <laughs> <laughs> brilliant uh, the notes will be, uh, as always, and this has got a whole bunch of notes on uh, growthtribes.com forward slash podcast, and you can find the show notes on there. And finally, thanks, Ro, for this uh, online uh, live coaching session on the Growth Tribes podcast. It's, it's fantastic. been fun. Been a pleasure. And thanks for playing full out, man. That was great. Awesome. So that's myself and Ro signing out. 
Hello, it's Dr. Rowe here. Harms and I would both like to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Growth Tribes. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal level, on a professional level, to help your life, maybe even other people's lives, then we'd love it if you could take action on one of the following things. You can either simply subscribe so you don't miss out on any other great insights coming up in the future. You can share this podcast with close friends so they can also get the benefits of the tips and tools that we're sharing. Or it would be amazing if you could give us a review and let others know just how great this episode was. And finally, if you do have a question, don't forget to submit it on growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. Thank you again for listening. This is Dr. Rowan Harm signing out and we'll see you again on the next podcast.